Hey guys, you know what's funnier than 24? Episode 25. Nice. Good SpongeBob laugh. I think that's a pretty good SpongeBob laugh. Hey, everybody, welcome to the B is for Business podcast. Hope you're all doing well today. Um, We're all doing pretty good this week, and we got some interesting topics for you today. Um, I think we're going to start off with just some like general economy stuff because a lot of people have been talking about recession lately. Are we entering one? Are we getting close to one? Are we at the top? And I kind of just want to see what do you guys think about that? Because I feel like I'm seeing it everywhere. People are starting to get a little fearful. Right. Well, first we should back up and discuss what a recession is because maybe yeah, some viewers don't know what a recession is. But a recession is a period of um, temporary uh, economic decline uh, during which uh, GDP falls for two uh, consecutive quarters in a row. Right. Which we haven't had in, I don't know, when the last time that happened was. was Probably it around 2008. Yeah. Did it happen well, at the beginning of COVID? Well, Mar- March 2020. Yeah, we, it, we uh, had one, but yeah. the last one before—I mean, that was that was very short. Yeah, so that was like a short. Yeah, one. the one prior to that was actually it started in December of 2007, so everyone thinks 2008. Yeah, which is right, right around there, and it lasted, I think, almost two years. No, June 2009. Yeah, so it's so. been a long time since we've had like a legit long-term recession. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, o- over a decade. Yeah. 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 It, I think also, like, we should mention that usually a recession results or is in part of people losing their jobs. Right. That's also a factor. Yep. Because people lose their jobs. One person's spending is on the person's income. Mm-hmm. People don't have jobs. They can't spend. They don't spend. People don't have income. And yeah. It's so a never-ending cycle. Yeah. So I personally don't see a recession coming, or at least not yet. I, I'd like to hear what you guys think too, but my reasoning is because, like I said, the jobs, we are in like a very healthy job market right now. There are for hire signs everywhere. People are going back to work. We actually got a better than expected jobs report recently. Um, so I feel like things are looking really good job wise, which makes me wonder like if there's, I feel like you need to have people losing their jobs to get into that like GDP reduction. So, I don't know. That's just kind of my take. That's what I feel. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I think right now we're going through a deleveraging process where obviously the central bank's trying to step in and raise interest rates to help stop inflation. Um, and they're only doing that because we're in, uh, right now, we're, we're in a strong uh, economy. We have a lot of like, jobs, like you said. So, they feel comfortable doing that. But at the same time, it has to be done right. They can't just raise interest rates to 2% right away. They have to do it slow and they have to see how it's impacting the economy and make sure there's still people who have jobs and we're still growing. Because if we start declining growth, we have maybe one quarter of GDP that's declining. They they, they should probably stop raising interest rates. Yeah. But at the same time, if we have interest rates or inflation going up, oh shit, like, then we have stagflation. Yeah. Interest rates going up, jobs going down. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. So then, then the Fed screwed. Yeah, so that that would definitely be a situation where we'd hit a recession, I think. Probably hit a depression. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, first. Uh, when was the last recession. one of those? Uh, 1929. It yeah. was the Great yeah. Depression was the last Which, one. Which, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, 2008 was the Great Recession because yeah. it didn't get down to depression right. levels. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we remember Hey, we're in the 20s again, so. Right. Yeah, and but. there's, uh, what, I think it's every 75 to 100 years, there's 
a long-term debt cycle that restarts. So obviously the one prior to 2008 was 1929, which was right around that 75 to 100 years time frame, which means theoretically in our lifetime, we shouldn't experience one of those again. But that's not to say we, we still could have recessions, short recessions. Yeah, it's like that. when you talk about like, like in our jobs, we do like a hundred year flood or something, exactly. but that could happen like every year for like three years in a row. Exactly. It's just rare. So like, right. you never know. Yeah. Like yeah. something like COVID could happen. Great point. Um, yeah. A, but a, I, a black swan. Yeah. Black yeah. swan event could cause it. Something like that. I feel like that's going to be what it is because I, so I guess when we're talking about all this like recession stuff, we're all thinking about it in terms of our investments or at least I am. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the reason I always bring it back to jobs is because if people still have jobs, they're still going to be making money and investing that money. People are going to be making that money buying homes. Real estate values go up. People right. are going to be making that money, putting in their 401k, their index funds, all that stuff. Those will go up. People will put it in the stock market, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, whatever you want. Um, so I don't know. That's kind of why I tie it back to jobs. And that's why I think in the short term, at least um, in like, I don't know, for the foreseeable few months, I don't think we'd see like a major decline. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it would happen all at once like it did for an event. Yeah, it would be slower. It would probably be a slower event. Like say inflation keeps going up every single month for the rest of this year. Yeah. Okay, something's happening. All of a sudden, jobs start slowing down. Okay, we got to look into that. Yeah, you start seeing, yeah. Yeah, but if it goes the other way, inflation goes down and jobs still continue to go up, GDP goes up, then we're we're looking fine. Feds can raise their rates, no problem. Everyone, everyone's happy. Yeah, it's also like I don't know if you guys feel this way, but we're all pretty new investors. Like mm-hmm. we're young. We were in middle school, I think, when yeah, when the Great Recession happened in two thousand eight. Yeah. So I feel like we haven't really seen one of those recessions that nope. that comes in slowly. So like the only one we've seen is the March COVID one, where it right. was like really quick down and back up. So I feel like that's kind of making it hard for me to visualize and actually understand this because we've never lived one. Like I just have to rely on the data that I read about and stuff like that. But also at the same time, past performances don't indicate future events. Yeah. So, you know, who who knows? Like, yeah, people like, Oh, I've been around the market for 60 years investing. I'm, you know, 80 years old. Like I, I I know more than you. It's like, okay, but that doesn't mean the same thing is going to happen. It's happened in the past. Yeah. You know, and vice versa. Maybe that this trader who just turned 18 is saying like, oh, this market's different. It's not going to be the same as it was in the past. That might not be true either. Yeah. 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 <laughs> One thing I just thought of um, that I saw recently, um, you said like he's been in the market like 60 years or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever messed around on one of those like compound interest calculators, but <laughs> I saw a statistic and it was like people will likely live to be, I forget, by like 20... I don't even remember. A bunch of years from now, people will be living to 150 or something like that. So if that's the case, think about the compound interest you'd get investing now if you live to 150. Like think about where your investments would be. And I typed it into the compound interest calculator and you're like well into the billions. Like I think Warren Buffett will be in the trillions. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I think uh, Elon Musk probably be there. I think they all would be. Uh, Yeah, I guess they all would. Yeah, They all lived another, I mean, most of them. They both might be older than the statistic I saw though. That was like, if you live to this year, then it might be hard for them to live to that year. Yeah. He's got to catch up to Um, medicine or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know like when that technology is supposed to catch up or get everyone to live to 150, but, um, it was a bunch of years. From yeah. Now, but anyway. if inflation's also high, 
that billions of dollars might be worth what yeah. two hundred dollars yeah. is today. So you <laughs> right. never know. You, you go to the store, you buy a gallon of milk, it's ten thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you have a billion dollars, so it's, it's no big deal. Right? Yeah, you need to be a trillionaire to buy like an average home. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Home prices rose 10%, which is actually like $50 million <laughs> yeah. month over month. <laughs> month over month. Yeah. Uh, but it's Tom, no, that's like normal. It's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Tom, what do you think about the recession fears? Um, yeah, I don't see anything right now. Just like you said with the jobs. <laughs> that's pretty much. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, not, nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, who knows? You, you yeah. get like a good answer. Like, oh, nothing will happen, but it could happen. Tom's just right. a huge bull. No time to listen to bears. <laughs> yeah. Tom d- doesn't care. Um, I mean, yeah, because, like, personally, me, I – as long as I'm investing for the long run, I'm, like – like, I see all these recession fears. Like, are we going to – like, all the stock market just went into a correction, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I just kind of shrug it off because I'm, like, I'm young. I'm not, like, at the point I'm retiring and stopping putting my money in yeah. there or anything. Um, and I feel like you guys are probably the same way. Right. But, like, we, we do still have to stay on top of it, like – you know, I, I think to like what you said about like, yeah, it doesn't really impact you right now like that much. If if there is kind of a big pullback, like in 2008 with the housing market, yeah, it sucks short term. Like that was a tough time. People out of jobs, a lot of that. But it also made so many like real estate investors rich because they were able to get in at that time. Yeah. So many of the big name real estate investors you hear from these days started in 2010. Just after that, and I think, yeah, while recessions obviously would suck if you lost your job and all that, it is a good opportunity to actually, like, turn things around for yourself and make a lot of money. Yeah, Yeah. and I think that's kind of why, like, I kind of just shrug it off because I – if a crash happens, great. I'm buying, like, cheap shares or I'm buying cheap houses. Anything like that is great for me in, like, right now because if you think about it, if you don't plan on taking that money out till you're – I don't know. Say like you don't plan on taking it out till you're 60. You would want it to stay as low as possible right now as you keep accumulating these shares and then go up the year before you turn 60. Yeah. Like just rise a ton to right. like right. to the point where it would normally be. Yeah. That would give you a better return than if it just slowly like ticked up and you were just putting money in as it went up. So that's kind of why in the short run, I feel like I just don't care. Yeah. Yeah. But you're saying we should go all in on like big stocks that have growth like amc or gme or <laughs> exactly or yolo your boo. life savings on dogecoin <laughs> not financial advice no, no not do the opposite of that not financial advice i actually saw an article like we were talking recession uh someone said that there's a possibility they think that the world economy could collapse uh, and i i, mean, I didn't really uh, well, read that, the article that but, happened in 2008 that, that was a global yeah, financial was a crisis. Global, yeah. yeah, something like that could happen again. Yes. Yeah, so I don't really know what collapse. I think they got to the point where they were saying like money just becomes like not a thing anymore. Right. It was an it was like kind of an out there article. Like I didn't I didn't read much past like the mm-hmm. first paragraph or two. I should find it. Um, but it it probably would have been pretty interesting if I kept reading it. Yeah. I mean, hey, maybe something else will be created. Like the reason why Bitcoin was created and all these cryptocurrencies was because it's 2008 global financial crisis. Yeah. Like, that was the reason why. Maybe something else crazy happens and some new things created and it's, you know, provides value. Yeah. yeah. I actually do think um, Bitcoin, like, in the future, if that got adopted as a world currency, could be great. Like, maybe not even Bitcoin. Like, it could be any cryptocurrency. But if we just had one for the whole world, it could be great. Because yeah. I actually saw something recently that said taxes would be so easy. Because right. they would just, 
like they would already have all your info anything you bought or spent it would be like shown in your wallet like they would just get it it would be automatically done for you no one would have to deal with it like that would be awesome yeah i think the issue with bitcoin specifically there is that with that it's the finite supply like there's only a certain amount so what happens when it it does stop getting mined and and there's no more left and not everyone has some well, and well, so that, that's, that's why I think uh, an Ethereum or something like that is better used for a currency. Yeah. And I think that's why it gets used for things like NFTs and stuff, right? Well, what you just said is a fixed supply. So that means even if you buy in, say, when, you know, like 20 years from now, when the value has gone way up, if it does, you know, who knows, speculative, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but you're going to be buying in. If there's a fixed supply, that means in theory, the value should only go up in the future. So whenever you're buying in, in the future, it's going to be more worth more than when you bought it yeah which and is also, I money th- not the same thing because more can be printed yeah and i also think everyone could get some it would just be like they would if you bought ten dollars of it and it was worth a bunch you'd have some it would just be like point zero 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 whatever of right. it yeah and then honestly it wouldn't it would all be on your phone like digitally so you wouldn't like obviously there's no physical bitcoin so it wouldn't really matter if there's like a bunch of zeros before the amount you have Right. No, it's not that. It's that if if you don't get any before the supply runs out, you have no oh, well, money. If no, it, no, that's if, not yeah, true. But like, you, you can just buy, like, you can trade it. Yeah, yeah you, you can, can buy sell your couch for some Bitcoin. Yeah, but then <laughs> like, I, I yeah, but know. your what? employers and stuff would start paying you in Bitcoin or I the think. cryptocurrency so, of choice. Yeah, yeah, or whatever it is. I yeah, I think I guess I I guess I, mean, I see what you're saying. Like yeah, if. In a second, the world just was like, all right, every other currency doesn't matter. We're just doing Bitcoin. Then, like, yeah, a bunch of people, like, most of the world would not have any money. They would just have no Bitcoin. Yeah. But they could get some. I mean, although I don't think that would happen because Bitcoin it doesn't really solve the uh, the crypto trilemma where it, it is yeah, it's decentralized. Slow. Super slow. It's secure, but it's not really scalable. Yeah, it's so slow, so too. Like, you can't. It's not a huge use case. It's not even close to the point of being able to use Bitcoin to just go into like a convenience store and buy something right like you that doesn't transfer time isn't it like 10 plus minutes still or it's something? it's something it's, it's definitely not instant yeah <laughs> that's for sure. hey if i want to take slow. 10 minutes to buy my six pack of bud light that's fine <laughs> imagine that we have a society where everyone's just so patient like it just takes 10 minutes to buy a nice coffee everyone just waits no it's, uh. it's no problem just a bitcoin transaction yeah, I. <laughs> like you're that, in the drive-through. Yeah, you're in the drive-through. It's like 80 cars long. Yeah. Everyone's smiling, like, oh, it's whatever. This is normal. Everyone's late for work. No one cares. Yep. Bitcoin's the future. Yep. Um, all right. Anything else on the economy as a whole? You guys want to talk um, about? I mean, we can talk about the psychology of money. I mean, that kind of just can tie in everything. Yeah, let's. Because let's I, talk Tom about said it. something interesting about how a lot of real estate investors made their money in 2010. But at the same time, a lot of people who invest in real estate lost their money in 2007, 2006 when they bought homes. So a lot of people have like almost like a confirmation bias where if you bought a home between 2004 and 2007, you, you probably you didn't do well. You probably lost a lot of money. Maybe you defaulted in your mortgage. But if you bought a home from 2009, 2015 even, you're doing really well. Like your home might have doubled and you have a ton of equity in your home. So that person who bought the home at a shitty point before 2008, around 2004, that, that point, they, they're in their mind, they probably think that real estate, I'm not touching that, because right now it's yeah, too, too high. Risky, but too- the other person is like, oh, I bought in 2010, like, I'm going to keep buying real estate, because that's all I know, it goes up. Well, yeah. I, 
I think to a point the issue was not well it was obviously the people buying these homes for like crazy prices and taking on these mortgages and stuff that they couldn't handle but that was the banks allowing them to do that now the banks are much more uh like detailed they're, they're and making process, sure you can right. afford it and they lend much better hopefully so that it doesn't yeah. happen again i'm not talking about the banks i'm yeah. talking about the, the people well that's like, what i'm saying yeah. even if the people are like dumb enough i guess to make these decisions the banks won't let them right no. yeah i do yeah but so i think what tyler's saying is those people wouldn't even want to make that decision because right. there's like yes. two types types of people the people that bought like pre-december 2007 that just have like this bias against real estate like he said who mm-hmm. just like will not buy it no matter what even if the bank tells yes. them they can they won't exactly. do it okay I see. and then yeah and then you have these people who bought after 2008 who think real estate's the greatest thing in the world like you and me yeah i mean we bought talking. in 2019 <laughs> and like yeah, you guys bought it a perfect even, time even at 2019 yeah eight years yeah. into the or bull nine run, years into yeah. this bull run it's like still just going up yeah. so it's crazy. yeah and like we like you just said, we bought at the perfect time. We did buy before like this huge bull run where they've appreciated the most in like, I forget since what year. Um, but the people who bought in 2010 did even better as long as they didn't sell. Right. Like yeah. they got this bull run and the last eight yeah. years before that, yeah. 10 years before that. Um, so yeah, it's, so is there anything else on that you want to talk about? I don't know, just in general, just how, how it impacts people, even with, like, not just real estate, but stocks as well. Yeah, just You know, bias. say you, you see a stock going up. Some people, oh, I got to buy, I got to buy, sure, I got to buy. And then it goes down. Oh, sure, I got to sell, I got to sell. Like, people chase stocks up and chase them down, too, or sell them down. That's something I'll admit I, like, have to work yeah. on all the time because I see a stock and I'm like, oh, man, I got to buy AMC <laughs> right here. Yeah. I mean, okay, free popcorn if I have AMC <laughs> stock and I go to the movies, like, get me on board. <laughs> but, no, I've been, like, a lot better than, like, when I first started investing in stocks because I started at, like, the time when so many people did. I, I've had, like, index funds and stuff like that, but individual stocks starting, like, right at the beginning of the pandemic after that big crash. And, like, so many people, I think, did what I did, and you just buy these individual stocks thinking they're only going to go up. Because they do right at the beginning because there was just this big crash. Right. And it's just not how it works. Did you – a question for you. Did you go to the dermatologist yet for your hands? Your your paper hands? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Got (laughs) him. No yeah, longer, yeah. no longer have the paper hands. So I, I worked my way out of it, but I can yeah. see like sometimes <laughs> like you still get tempted on something like that, right. and like you gotta stop yourself and think about it and yeah. stuff. But I mean, I don't know. At that point, you basically it's like gambling, and yeah. like I mean, a gambling addiction is like a a big deal. Like it's actually like very common. So like I can see why it happens. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you just gotta find a way to get out of that mindset. Yeah, I like don't even really buy individual stocks anymore because I have a hard time with like, I, I get that like people can be very successful traders, but I don't have the time to do the research. I don't know enough about it. So I just buy the same four ETFs every single Monday with the same amount of money in each one. Like I, I have it like 40% in one 30% in another 20% in one 10% in one. So I have like hundred percent of my money goes in every Monday into those four things with that allocation and that's all I do. And so far it's worked out pretty well. Last two weeks before last week didn't go so well. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what, what do you have? What, what for? Um, I do SPY, like S&P 500. Mm-hmm. I do VTI, which like nice. just total stock market fund. Yeah, I, I do QQQ, which is like the NASDAQ, uh, real tech heavy. That Power has shares. really struggled lately. <laughs> um, yep. And the Dow. 
Um, and I do them in that order. So yeah. like the Dow gets 10%, QQQ gets 20, uh, VTI gets 30, SPY gets 40. Uh, yeah. And I, I like that allocation. And so, yeah, I just do that every single Monday and just don't worry about it. And mm-hmm. like it stock market corrected a few weeks ago. I just bought them cheaper. Yeah. There you go. And then don't pay attention because I had such a hard time when I first started getting into stocks, I started buying individual stocks getting the bad FOMO <laughs> would buy at the top, sell at the bottom. Yeah. And I just, I couldn't get out of that habit. And like, I just know it's not me. Like I just yeah. can't do it. Yeah. I know my limitations and right. buying and selling stocks. I have a very bad yeah. decision-making process with that. And you're, you're not alone. Like a lot of people have that issue. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's the psychology of it. It's just, you know, it, it's your, your money's on the line. Like you're, you're gaining a lot of money one day and now you're losing a lot of money, especially in a volatile market. Like we have, yeah, like it, it psychs out a lot of people yeah. yeah i definitely definitely see how some people have like a higher risk tolerance to that mm-hmm. but i just don't like yeah. know enough about like individual stocks i don't do the research like yeah. yeah i get it tesla's a great company and i would love to invest my money in it but at the same time i don't know like what their pe is like i couldn't tell you that i couldn't tell you what their company's valued at right now i i don't know so i feel like if i don't know those numbers myself i can't trust myself to invest in it and I think that like perfectly kind of almost sums up like that psychology of money book. Like I think I, I read it a while ago at this point, so I don't remember it that much, but I remember that it was good for getting in that long term investing mindset, knowing that if you just put money in for the long term, it's often better than obviously individual stocks. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I read that book a while yeah, ago. Yeah, but I'm like- pretty sure that's like a pretty big theme in it. I, is is that yeah i don't know if i've mentioned it i feel like i did on the podcast before i read a random walk down wall street and that's what changed my mind because i was like right. not doing great buying and selling stocks like i wasn't doing terrible but i wasn't doing good either yeah. like i was pretty much just sitting around even i think i actually lost a little bit um on some stocks here and there and so i like didn't make any money and i read that book and i was just like all right i'm done just index funds just yeah. buy dollar cost average don't do anything different don't look at my account every day. <laughs> like, <laughs> proceeds to still look at his account every day. <laughs> yeah, I I do probably still look at it every day. But it's like once a day when I was like actually buying and selling stocks yeah. and trying to trade and like do some day trading. Yeah. I was looking ten times a day yeah. plus, like yeah. at least once an hour. Yeah, like yeah, it, it can bad. be a little like stressful too because mm-hmm. you when you buy individual stocks like that, you're like, oh, earnings are coming up. Like, is it gonna crash twenty percent? Like Facebook did this past yeah. week. Or like Amazon, it might shoot up 20%. You just never know. Mm-hmm. So like it, it can be tough to like deal with that and like feel like you got to look at it every day. But that's why investing long-term in something like a 401k for me is great. I have to like go on my computer and log into the website. Oh, I forgot my password. going to figure out the password to view it. <laughs> and then, okay, like I'm not going to do that every single day. And so you go on after a few months and you're like, oh, wow my accounts got five or 10 grand more than it did before. And it's like a great feeling. And I definitely do not get those kind of returns when I feel like I'm staring at at individual stocks every day. This episode of B is for business is sponsored by Ty's coffee. Are you looking for delicious tasting coffee to get you through the morning? Fresh from fair trade farms in South America. Ty's coffee is a hundred percent USDA certified organic and packaged in compostable and renewable bags with biostone labeling. Go to Ty'sCoffee.com to place an order of sustainable coffee today. That's Ty's Coffee, T-Y-S-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. Ty's Coffee, great tasting and great for the environment. Can, can you guys yeah. imagine if the market was open 24-7? Like crypto, <laughs> the stock yeah, could like, always uh, trade I, stocks. 
that would be bad. Yeah, that would. Yeah. I, yeah. Be bad for society. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it definitely wouldn't be good. You'd just have everyone staring at their screens 24 yeah. hours a day, yeah. like not sleeping, nothing. I mean, People would find out like, oh, the market moves the most between 2 and 3 a.m. Yeah. and like not sleep. <laughs> 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 some crazy derivatives trading going on at like 1 a.m every night <laughs> that's the best time to buy puts best time to buy calls is between yep. four and five though instead <laughs> of going out drinking to a bar you're just with your friends in, in the room on your computer <laughs> executing trades all night oh man yeah that would get out of hand real fast yeah. um but I, i've actually seen people like pushing for that yeah, pushing geez. for 24-hour markets because the reason or I'm pretty sure the reason it's during the day is because that's when like you used to be not be able to buy stocks just through your phone. So people would have to call people who are actually working stockbrokers and buy their stocks through them. Now that's not really an issue. So there's not really a reason to have market open and close hours. No. And people these days are like, yeah, I'm trying to day trade, but I can't do it at my job because I'm supposed <laughs> to be like in this company meeting. Yeah. If we had day trading in the afternoon after work, I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> I could lose my money then. <laughs> You lose money twenty four seven. Yeah, you just lose all the money that you made during that day of work <laughs> every night. You, you, just, you just break even, like Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah uh, it'll even out. Yeah, um, I actually I have something. So this is gonna kind of change the topic a little bit, um, but I kind of want to ask you guys' opinion on it because Tom mentioned the four hundred one k, and like I have a four hundred one k as well, mm-hmm. and I'm considering stopping contributing to it. So hear me out and then tell me if you think this is a good idea. So like I'm, I currently have X amount of money in there, right? Right. If I just stop putting money in there and let it grow for, I'm 26, 39 years to when I'm 65 and like, I'd be able to take it out tax free and everything at that point, if it grows at 9% and I stop putting money in now, no more monthly contributions, it would be around a million dollars. So now people so can go. You just said yeah. I have X amount to not say the amount. Yeah. So now just, people can reverse can through that out. Okay. <laughs> if our listeners okay. are good with math, they yeah. can. Just, okay. I would have a certain amount of money. <laughs> you just give them a math equation to figure out. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I did actually, the equation earlier to think about this. So, but, but let me finish first and like okay. tell you my reasoning. So, um, if I was to like get I what I think is a comfortable amount. At 65 years old, if I stop now, I would get a comfortable amount. Okay. So. A million dollars. <laughs> um, so it's not even that. It's like a little bit less than that. Okay. Within like $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just, you got to um, keep going. You're okay. So my alternative would be I stop putting the money in the 401k, right? right, right. And I start investing it into more real estate deals mm-hmm. because I like currently I have three houses, right? If I don't, if those appreciate at like 3% a year Mm -hmm. for those same 39 years, they'll be completely paid off if I don't like refinance and stuff, which I definitely would. But like hypothetically, if I didn't refinance them, they appreciate at 3% a year, which is below average. It's usually 3.5 to 3.8% if you look historically. So below average 3%, they'd be worth like well over a million dollars each for 39 years. So just having those three homes is getting me like a way better return I feel like because I would be able to add more homes and I feel like I just don't like having my money tied up in the 401k where I can't use it till I'm 65 and that a million dollars could seem small to me like compared to how many homes I would have at that time yeah I I think you're on the right track obviously like real estate could collapse and that would like put a huge like dent in that plan 
But, like, my 401k could collapse, too. It's possible. Yeah. And, I mean, you've been good about contributing a lot in the, your first few years of working. Exactly. So, yeah, I've contributed uh, a really high too. amount. Yeah, I mean, I've contributed a lot, too, and I definitely agree with you. I think I'm going to stop after probably another couple of years, though, for me at least, before I would consider stopping. Yeah. Um, but you also didn't mention, too, yeah, you get that appreciation, but also the cash flow you're getting in the meantime with the type of investing you do is just, like, a massive, basically, dividend, for example. Like... That yeah. you're just constantly getting. And like, yeah, for so, me, like, it's it's not about having the millions of dollars. It's just getting to retire early and enjoy my life. Yeah, so, so you agree that I should stop contributing. I think for yes. someone like us who, like, plans to do real estate, and we're not going to retire early. Like, we're going to work on real estate early. It's not really, like, a retirement. Yeah. Like, that would that's our goal. Like, maybe it won't happen. Like, maybe we won't retire early. But it's looking like we could. Then I feel like for someone like us, the 401k doesn't make sense. Um, I feel like the 401k makes more sense for someone who doesn't want to be an entrepreneur, who doesn't want to re- um, retire early, things like that. Do you guys, Yeah. what do you think, Tyler? So I think w- the fact that you contribute to 401k early on is great because a dollar earned the earlier you are in life is worth so much more than investing later. Yeah, like I, I'm telling people, yeah. like if they do that math on what I said, I don't right. have that much in there. Yeah. And like, it's just because I'm so young and have 39 years to compound. Yeah. That's so much. Yeah. Like if you compound it for 50 years, it would end up being like way more than right. a million. And also take, we'll take a 25 year old, for example, say they had a 401k of a million dollars somehow. So I don't think that would be possible unless, yeah, that, that really would unless they bet on some individual, individual stocks. But that would be in a way worth less than having like $5, $500,000 a month. $5,000 a month, that's what I'm trying to say, <laughs> in cash flow from real estate properties. Yeah. Because, you know, you have that 401k, you, you can't really tap into it. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess you can use it as collateral for a lot of things, but at the same time, you don't have the cash flow, you don't have the income coming in to do other things and invest in other things. Yeah, so you guys both kind of agree that someone who wants to be like a full-time entrepreneur, retire early, like the 401k doesn't really make sense, right? Uh, yeah, actually, I, no. So, so I was going to... It s- definitely doesn't entirely not make sense because you get tax savings so what other way can you invest your income get tax savings and have more money working for you i figured this would come up so i have a (laughs) i have a comeback um so i honestly think that real estate gets you just as good a tax savings as the 401k if not better like i i get that you you don't get taxed up front with a 401k so you're putting all that money in no tax and then you get taxed when you take it out. But if you take it out after 65, you're likely retired. And then you're you're getting taxed on the income you're currently making. So your tax bracket is super low. Yeah. So yeah, you don't get a lot of taxes taken out. Then it's like a great tax advantage. So yeah, the 401k is great. Right. But in real estate, like you make all this cash flow and stuff in the meantime. And like, say you're making, I guess say you had like a million dollars in your 401k at retirement. So you're taking out like 40 grand a year or something mm-hmm. um, to like live your life. Um, and then you're like, that will last forever because it will keep your four oh one K will keep growing as you take out the 40 K. Like you guys know the 4% rule and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Real estate. Say you're making, you get like, um, oh, sorry. I meant 40,000 a year. Did I say month? Uh, we, I might've said month, I but, I heard we, you. but we, we so, knew what you meant. so then like, say you're making $5,000 a month from your, from cash flow yeah. in real estate. So that's more than like $40,000 right. a year. Yeah. It's, it's 1.5. And you're probably not paying taxes on any of it. 
if you right. buy your real estate right and you take all the tax benefits that real estate gives you. Yeah. And I know those could change, but the 401k yeah. tax benefits could change as well. Right. That's another thing I was going to mention. One huge disadvantage of the 401k, potentially, is you're relying on the government in the future to pretty much set the tax bracket. Like, no one knows what it's going to be yeah. in 40 years from now. It could be insane or it yeah. could be like nothing. Like, we really don't know. Yeah, and there's also a ton of real estate tax advantages that they could just wipe out too. Right, yeah. Like, there's, like, do you guys know the 1031 exchange? Yeah. Where you can, yeah, I, I can explain it for, for the listeners who don't know. But you can, like, buy a property and then um, when you go to sell it, don't sell it and take the capital gains tax hit. You can sell it and convert it into another property of, it has to be like kind, so a similar property, but it can be in greater value. So then you, you like trade your way up to bigger and bigger properties without taking and you have to pay no taxes when you do a 1031 exchange. There's like limitations like you have to buy a property within 45 days and it has to be like kind and stuff. So you have to talk to like a tax advisor or a lawyer. We are not CPAs, not financial advisors. <laughs> um, so you talk to them if you do it, but it can be like a great way to pretty much never have to pay taxes because at the end of it all, you do have to pay taxes. But if you just like, um, like hold it forever, die and like pass it on to your kids, the kids get it tax free. So like the taxes just get completely wiped out. Right. So like, I, I don't know if that'll still be around. Um, yeah. like they could easily just remove that from the tax code, but yeah. if it's still around, I feel like some of those real estate tax benefits could be better than the 401k ones. Right. And you know, a quick tip on that, actually a 10 to one exchange. If you're a buyer right now and you, you find a home and it looks like the seller might be trying to get rid of it soon. Have your agent ask the seller, like, hey, why are you getting rid of this property? Maybe using a 1031 exchange and you can structure your deal to close sooner within that 45 days and so he can mm. get his, his money and whatnot. Yeah. So it's a little quick tip. Yeah, that's true. So I, I feel like you guys are kind of behind me on that, which I'm glad you guys didn't like shut me down and Wait, say yeah, something I'm I wasn't thinking of. Behind you. The 401k. So I, Not behind. Well, no. Like, like you said, guys agree and I think it could be a good idea. It's... For someone case, like in case my position. to case, most yeah, people yeah, no, I'm not saying contribute for everyone. to 401k. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying for everyone. Yeah, I'm it, for, I, I think you still should. Do so both, I, I can. still am going to for a little while longer, yeah. but I do think I'm going to stop at some point soon because I just think like if I had that extra money going into my checking account to buy real estate, it yeah. would benefit me a lot more than the 401k. Yeah, I don't know. That's just like me personally. Yeah, I think right. it's important to have it there. I mean, I'm going to contribute for at least a couple more years too, and I'm hopefully going to do more real estate instead of contributing just as much as I am now in the future. And I think it's good to stay diversified with it. But yes, the hard thing is not being able to take it out till 65 or take the big tax hit or whatever. But that's the thing. It's getting a little dark here, but we don't know if we're going to be here at 65. So why do I want to put that money away that's and true. maybe never even get to use it? I mean, who knows? Life's crazy. Yeah, that's dark, but might not <laughs> um, be here. So if I'm trying to retire early and stuff, like I can start to lower my contributions, right. I think, as, as yeah. time goes on because yeah. I've invested so heavily in it to start. Yeah. And so like, I guess just to bring you like all the way back, the reason I actually started thinking about this was because like I have like my real estate spreadsheets up that analyze my deals and stuff. And I like was analyzing one and it, I have it set to show like with 3% appreciation what the property will be worth when it's paid off in 30 years. So I'm looking at these numbers and like in our area, properties like in 30 years, if I'm getting an average priced home now, are going to be worth like 1.5 million each. So be, the reason you're getting such a big advantage is because you're leveraged in that real estate appreciation. Yeah. So I'm starting with like 
$500,000 now if I own a $500,000 home and it's appreciating 3% for 30 years. Right. My 401k has a lot less right now mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's appreciating more than 3%. Like right. average is like nine or something. Right. Um, so it's appreciating a higher percentage, but I'm starting like way behind. Yeah. So I think that's where the the larger gain comes from that real estate appreciation. Right. It comes from that leverage. It's because it's the leverage depreciation. You, you have a ton of leverage yeah. right now. Or I guess like a similar situation would be if someone owned their home outright now and it was worth that much. But um, I just like the leverage is just huge in real estate. One risk though, I think you should consider what if Apple comes out with the Apple home? The Apple home? Is that a thing? No, I'm just saying like 20 years from now. I was like, is that a thing? What if everyone has an Apple home and regular houses just don't do it anymore and values drop? Yeah, yeah. So that's (laughs) that's like also a possibility is that real estate just crashes. Um, that would be like something that would obviously really impact my plan. <laughs> yeah, right. Also, if that happens, I mean, I'm sure Apple homes are pretty sick. And everyone will want one. <laughs> yeah. You guys transition into them. Yeah. I feel like investors yeah, I don't could see why use Apple investors homes. couldn't right. use yeah. them yeah. or something. That would be cool if like, like, have you guys seen Bill Gates's home? No. Like you can like, oh yeah, I was there yesterday. I was there yesterday. Oh yeah. yeah. You had dinner, right? Yeah. We Doesn't had dinner. the music follow <laughs> him around yeah. through the speakers yeah, so his as he walks through his house? His home is just filled with technology like that, like what Tom just said. Yeah. So he walks around, the lights go on and off for him, the music goes around with him, TVs go on and off when he enters the rooms. Mm-hmm. The The floor all has weight sensors, so, well, I guess they're not married anymore, but Bill and Melinda would walk through the house fine. If someone without like the same weight distribution walked on the floor, it, alarms would start going off, like it has like that kind of security in it, yeah. it has... So like, look it up on YouTube. That's it's just wicked yeah. cool. His house, how much technology it has in it. Um, That's cool. So yeah, that could be something like Apple Homes. That would be wicked cool. Yeah. I'm surprised the company hasn't tried to make like a super tech heavy home like that. Yeah. That it'd probably be really expensive. Yeah. I don't like I don't know if people would be willing to pay for it. Right. That's why there's a company called Boxable. They're making mm. tiny homes. Elon, right? Lives in one. Yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> I think those are pretty cool. You know, fifty thousand dollars. It's all you need. Yeah, I. I thought about something like that, putting something like that in the backyard yeah. and just renting yeah. out this extra unit. That'd be pretty sick. Yeah. You, you see the land, the plumbing and electrical. Yeah, that's so that's where it gets the expensive. Land is, the is land where, yeah. Like there's no land left. I mean, right. you got to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and speaking of Bill Gates, he's buying a lot of farmland. So maybe that's yeah. something to yeah. keep in mind, right? Farmland? Farmland, just land in general. What would you grow? What would I grow? Yeah. Beets, Dwight <laughs> root. <laughs> uh, probably wheat. Soy, corn. Oh, I thought you said basic. weed. Oh no, <laughs> I thought you said weed. Really, too. wheat. <laughs> tea. Actually, probably yeah. I, I I grow it all, honestly. Coffee beans. Yeah, coffee. Well, yeah, <laughs> near the equator, but can't yeah. grow that. In yeah, true. Really depends where you buy the land, what you're gonna yeah, be able that, to grow. That's, that's a big factor. Like around here, I don't think you could grow. Like in Haverhill, you could not grow half the things you just said, probably, right? Well, I could during the summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess just not year round. Besides coffee. Yeah. It's interesting. So real estate though, um, like kind of changed the subject just to real estate. Mm-hmm. I saw that, um, homes, uh, what was it? There's now 1.8 months of housing supply. Um, those were the December numbers. So that is the lowest since last December, which was 1.9 months of housing supply. Um, and then the low before that, like there's never been this low. But the low before the 1.9, like it peaks in the summer and the winter, I think was like two point something. So we want to take a second to explain um, what that number means. Oh, yeah. Months of housing supply. So um, 
you might need to fact check me on this, but I'm pretty sure it's like if there's 30 homes for sale in a month and like you see on the MLS on Zillow, that's how it's calculated. It doesn't consider like off market deals. I don't think so. There's 30 homes on the market and 20 of them get sold in that, in that month that 30 get listed there. You do 30 for the number of homes on the MLS divided by 20, the number that sold that month and you end up with 1.5 months of housing supply. Yeah, so, so it's basically the number that are there, how long would it take at the buying rate currently yes, to run out? To run out, exactly. Yes. So that, like that's the formula they use. So with that formula, 1.9 mo- or 1.8 months that we saw in December, 0.1 smaller than last year at this time, that, I don't know, do you guys think we're gearing up for a very hot spring in the real estate market? Yeah, I mean, I don't Another see it one? slowing down. I don't know if it's going to be as hot as last year, but I still think it's going to be Yeah, there's hot. less supply this December than last year, though. So, so yes, that, that that's true. But also, the median sale of home prices has plummeted quite a bit. Median. I mean, obviously, median, you got to consider oh. maybe there's less homes over a million dollars being sold and more cheaper homes being sold. Yeah. But at the same time, that that's a number to consider. I mean, obviously, that doesn't tell everything, but the fact that homes at the lowest supply they've ever been like you said but home prices are finally starting to come down is that is that just over the last few months because they do tend to take a dip in the winter like a lot of years like but it's a it's a pretty um, big dip like i think it's the biggest it's the biggest decline since home prices have been that median home prices have been tracked in two decades you did say new construction too right no 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 homes are just yeah yeah yeah. no new homes it is yeah yeah yeah. so yeah yeah, that's interesting because like around here, I don't know if you guys noticed, but whenever there's a home built, I feel like they build like homes above market value here. Right. Like I never see like new developments going in, new subdivisions that have smaller than average homes. Yeah. So that is that is kind of a surprising statistic. I wonder yeah. if there's a lot of places, like a lot of towns and stuff that are allowing – like I don't know. If, I don't know. I was thinking maybe it counts like accessory dwelling units that be that are built or something that are livable – like another home on the same property, like may- you build small ones. Yeah. Or maybe it's that they're building smaller homes because they know so many people are priced out of. Yeah, they're the trying to market. increase, the and supply. they're trying to get people to buy their homes. So yeah. if they bring one to the value that people can afford, I mean, they're still probably making the same profit, like percentage-wise, maybe or at least close. Right. Um, they're yeah. just doing it on a smaller scale, and and they're probably able to sell pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, and I do. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I think, like, if a home builder thinks, you know, home prices are going to go down because interest rates are going to go up, he would probably be more, more likely to build 20 small homes rather than five large homes because he can do it faster. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, maybe. Who knows? I'm not a home builder, but that, yeah. that, was, that was my thought. Yeah, I wonder if – because, like, cities and towns can kind of govern what gets built. Like, everything – when a contractor wants to build a subdivision has to go to the board and stuff. I wonder if boards for cities and towns, because the housing prices are starting to get so high and they really need that supply, will, like, give incentives to buy to build more smaller homes on the same amount of land. Because you can build yeah. more homes on the, like, equal-sized land if they're smaller. Right. So that would cause them to be cheaper, and I think that would help a lot. Because, like, we do clearly have an issue with yeah. the appreciating homes. Like – People are getting priced out of the market. It's just not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Like if home prices keep going up like this, I feel like we're going to see some major problems. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it does need to slow down. And I think the way they need to do that is have a little bit less regulation from like the cities and towns mm-hmm. that govern these homes being built. Because it is like 
a super expensive process for the contractors to build the homes too, which is why it's kind of surprising that the new home values went down because you would think they would have to go up with all the contractor prices going up. Right. Especially the supply shortages. Like it must cost them significantly more in like wood and labor costs than it did, I don't know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, like before the heavy inflation started. Mm -hmm. I feel like it, I, I remember seeing at one point that the cost of wood like had appreciated by 50%. Um, when we were like having the major supply chain issues last year. I think year. it was even more than that, honestly. Was it more than that? Yeah, yeah, it was like ridiculous. Like I forget a normal two by four was like $12 or something somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it was like 28 Damn. That's, or something that's at crazy. like one Home Depot. Like I saw someone post a picture of it. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know how true that is. Cause like maybe the original price wasn't actually $12. They just said that. Um, you never know. And like, I don't know what market they were in or whatever. Like it could have been just a hard market to get wood in, but any, <laughs> I thought that was a prime. That's what she said. Opportunity. Yeah. You guys both just looked at I me know. and laughed. We, I, we, we wanted to say it, but we, with, uh, we held back our inner Michael Scott without saying it. You guys just said it yeah. to me. Um, yeah. now I lost my train of thought. Yeah, I um, oh yeah. But like, if it appreciates 50%, like if it costs them $200,000 to build a home now, it costs $300,000. Like, that's pretty hard to have the yeah. ma- like the initial new build home costs go down. So that that stat is really surprising to me. Yeah. I'd like to look into that one a little more. What another thing too, kind of about home prices continuing to appreciate, if they keep going up at this rate for th- like three more years, say, at some point, like what what's the rent gonna be? It's gonna be like four thousand dollars for can't. a one bedroom, <laughs> and it, it can't because the average person can't afford that. Yeah, I think what so has to can't keep going up at this rate. It's just not possible. Yeah, I feel like what has to happen at a certain point is people just have to stop saying I'll pay these higher prices. Yeah. Like people are just so eager to get in right now. Yeah. Like just like normal home buyers. I'm not even talking about like investors. Like mm-hmm. so many people like just want to buy a home and like are right. done renting. Yeah. Um and there's just so sh- short supply that they're just willing to pay whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they could list a home for $100 over like the comparable homes in the area, a seller, and like it'll probably still get five offers over asking. You mean like a hundred thousand? It's yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I I just think it's not sustainable. Yeah. And like you said, like yeah, rents would have to. I like rents and prices aren't like they don't go not up. And, yeah, they're not yeah. really correlated. But like in two thousand eight, rents didn't go down when home prices went yeah. down. Um. Yeah. So it. Yeah, it would be interesting, yeah. but I I think you would see higher rents because. Yeah. Like people just can't buy, so they're forced to just rent longer. Um, and there's also like just so short a supply that everyone's going to be trying to get the same rentals because they're mm-hmm. not trying to buy homes. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, what if what if rent what if rent goes down though? Like, say we see a, a plateau and then it starts declining. So investors are like, oh, rent's not going up. Like, I, I mean, I know a lot a lot of investors do think long term, but say there are yeah. people that get scared and they see that data. You know, because data doesn't lie. Numbers don't lie. Shout out a lot yeah. of song. It, but, you know. <laughs> it yeah. is also, one thing I will say is rent going down is very rare. Home prices going down is, like, common. But rents usually slowly tick up. I think, like, one of the only times in the last, like, I, for, I forget how many years. Well, but, like, if you look at a rent chart. Been, right? No, they didn't. Rents didn't go down in yeah. 2008. They stayed roughly the same and actually went up a little bit. Um, because a lot of people that were losing their homes switched to renting. So uh, the rental yeah, supply got that, huge. That, that so that, that's what happened in 2008 yeah, yeah. with all those foreclosures. But yeah. in the only time, um, I've seen like any time recently was COVID. 
is rents went down like really temporarily right. just Especially for like cities. a and it was only yeah places like new york city like around here they didn't um rent stayed the same like unless your people are moving the rent's not going to change really so I think a lot of people were just getting out of New York City, mm-hmm. um, and that's what caused them to dip really quick. Yeah. Like I know some people, like we have a couple cousins who live in New York City who got like really good deals on their rent um, because like it was the pandemic. Yeah. But I feel like they must be back up now. Right. I don't know. New York City, I think, returned to New York City really quick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I, I don't want to be paying that rent. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's no, high. I, I mean, it's getting high everywhere, too. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's everywhere. Um, it's really tough. Inflation, just adding to it, too. Yeah, it, it impacts everything. Yep, so we also, real estate, um, not just real estate, just interest rates in general rates. are going up, Yeah. too. So we'll see if that has an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I kind of hope it does. Like, I kind of hope I it slows it. down this appreciation. Like, yeah. it's just not sustainable to I, keep going up. I think up. It'll, it'll be healthy. It's slowing yeah. down a little bit. Yeah, we'll see. If it, I, I still don't think it'll have an impact on prices anytime until it passes like five and a half, which <laughs> five and a half or six is where I would guess. Do you think it's going to get that high? No, no, I don't, which is why I don't think it's going to slow down yeah. the pricing. I do think so, homes are going to keep appreciating. Like, my opinion is that they're going to keep appreciating, but not at the rate that we've seen. So, not at like, it was 18% year over year last year. Um, I, I think we'll see more like five to 7%, which is still higher than normal. Um, but I do think that's around what we'll have this year. Um, as we get into like the spring and summer months when it really heats up, I think we'll see like that amount. And then I I think we'll see a dull in the winter again. And then the following year, I'm hoping by that point, we're like back to a little bit of an equilibrium where it's like 4% or something like that. Um, but we'll see if interest rates get up fast and they go really high then maybe we'll see it start to slow down mm-hmm. i don't know that's just my opinion obviously it could be very wrong maybe real estate will just plummet anyway uh <laughs> maybe it'll just go up 18 percent again uh, which would be crazy but also yeah i just i don't think it's sustainable people got to stop saying they'll pay these ridiculous prices at some point yeah i know like i for example i'm looking at homes and say i see a, a multi-family two-family it's listed at $500,000. It's probably, you know, based off the numbers, I could maybe 400000 be reasonable. But at the same time, that house sold for $250,000 like four years ago. So it's just, it's just insane. Yeah. It's like the numbers would have been amazing like four years ago. Yeah. And now they just don't make sense unless you have an all cash offer. Yeah. And it's so hard to look at that too. It's, it's kind of like buying a stock. Like you see it appreciated yeah. a bunch. It's hard to buy unless you see that it's going to go up in the future still. Right. Yeah. Well, um, that's so why I guess you know, when, when you buy a home, if the numbers make sense right when you buy it, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. But they have to make sense right now. But if you're buying it in a tough time, they, they probably don't make sense for yeah. most homes. Yeah. I, I think as long as it cash flows, yeah. is that kind of what you mean? The numbers yeah. make sense? Like yeah. even if it like depreciates in value, like, right. Like, well, not only that, say you're renting and your rent is $2,000. Yeah, and you're you're with your partner, so you pay a thousand each, and you want to buy a home, but that single family home is going to cost you, uh, the the PITI, the principal interest taxes insurance, is going to be like three thousand dollars. So now you're paying a lot more. Yeah. For roughly this, I mean, yeah, you you have a home now, it's your own house, you've run. Yeah, the same. At the same like, time, quality. like that, uh, that's a big hit, the monthly hit you got to take on. Yeah. So that might not make sense for you. Yeah, that's true. 
it's i think people like this like to be in like their own home own their own home for like as investors and like people who want to invest in real estate we see like that side of it but there's a lot of people who are definitely willing to pay more right just to live in like a single family home with a white picket fence like have yeah. that whole thing the american dream and, <laughs> yeah and like i obviously want to live like that eventually yeah. um but like right now while i'm young and investing like i really want to just like accumulate rentals yeah. um and like maybe like i don't need the biggest house right now i can live like in a very small apartment for pretty cheap and be okay uh yeah. you, could, I, you could live in a shed right no problem i probably could yeah. i mean as long as it's heated as long and, as it's heated <laughs> i guess yeah. like it obviously would need a bathroom and a kitchen yeah. I, I, actually, I could live in a tiny home yeah a tiny home i, I think that would be cool honestly like the minimalistic life right now yeah I think tiny homes will, will do well that would be cool i did i think we talked about it on the podcast like it's probably like 15 episodes ago at this point like yeah. I, I read a book yeah. on how to build one because i wanted to build right. one in the back yeah. um and i still do want to eventually but it's it gets like the home itself isn't that expensive but it's hooking it up to the electric, the plumbing right. that yep, gets yep. expensive. But you yeah. can make it completely off the grid using yeah. like solar panels, for instance, for the electricity. Yeah. Or um, you can like collect rainwater on your roof for the right. water um, and do like and use like compostable toilets and like be completely off the grid, like yeah. sustainable. But I don't know if I'd want to live down to like those standards. Yeah. What do, what do you that think, would be Tom? tough. Do you, are you a tiny would, guy? Would you do that? Um, I mean, I'd definitely like live in one just for a while i feel like it'd be kind of cool i mean i don't need that much space just yeah give me like phone little tv computer whatever just those are all i need like i don't need most of the stuff i have i mean just yeah give me a little kitchen a little bathroom i'd be fine yeah Yeah. i like that i think they say what people are like goldfish we adapt to the size of our bowl or in this case our house we have a large (laughs) house we have more shit we you know fill the space but we have a small home we we stay to that those four walls we we should build all together like do it for b is for business we'll talk about it on a podcast build one in our backyard completely sustainable put it on airbnb like have the um like the reason people want to stay there is because it's completely 100 percent sustainable we'll like use the rainwater and stuff um see how that does yeah you know let's let's uh, some some venture venture funding venture have the listeners chip in (laughs) We'll get equity, <laughs> sweet, sweet equity. Whoa, whoa, don't give away the equity yet. Joe, it's point point zero zero one percent Okay, <laughs> that works. Oh, yeah. We'll pay everyone in, uh, we'll pay everyone point oh 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 one Doge coins. We'll pay everyone in B's for business bucks. <laughs> the, uh, Completely deflationary. The, so, I for people who haven't seen The Office before, part of the reason our name is Biznus is because Creed writes it on like a whiteboard and that was funny to us. Uh, and there's a point in the office where he where like Dwight has shroot bucks. Do you guys have you guys seen that yeah. clip? And like there's a deleted scene from the office where Creed like prints a bunch of bunch of <laughs> fake shroot bucks. And it's wicked funny. He's like, give me the cash reward now or I'll flood the market with these babies making them useless. <laughs> inflation will really get them but yeah b is for business bucks we'll pay in those yeah we could make those we'll have to get those going sell them as nfts yeah i we're just making a crypto i'm i'm gonna just go out there and call it right now i call face on the 100 all right well i'll take face on the million because we can do whatever we (laughs) want true we could make billion dollar bills (laughs) actually no i'll take face on the one that's the most common probably we're going to immediately have hyperinflation on these bills when we yeah. start printing billion-dollar bills and yeah. Tom's face is on the one. 
<laughs> yeah, but that's probably the most common bill used, right? Wouldn't you want your face to get the most? Yeah, the, the most exposure? common use like toilet paper. If, yeah, if we're printing billion dollar bills, the one dollar would just be like toilet yeah. paper. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think we're off the rails yeah. here. So yeah. good place to end. Uh, and wrap it up. So before oh, we end, I have one thing okay. that we gotta ask. This is the last episode before the big game. Super Bowl next week. Oh, we want to hear gonna... predictions. We're okay. all Patriots fans, but I, I'm a, a little bit of a Bengals fan. Uh, I have some love for them in my heart. So I want to see what you guys pick. My game score, 27-24 Bengals over the Rams. That is exactly what I was going to say, but I was going to add Joe Burrow MVP. Over 300 yards, okay. three touchdowns. Okay. What that, is that? 27-24. That's just like a classic <laughs> score. That's probably like I was thinking that too before you even said that. Okay. I thought you guys were gonna take some time to think. I didn't know no, you already, I, had, I already, it, already had a had score it. geared up there. Yeah. I, I didn't, so but I did think about it just in the last thirty seconds. And I'm going Rams thirty one twenty four. Yeah. Right. I think they're gonna win by a touchdown. Yeah. I I'll feel good for Matt Stafford. Yeah. He deserves. I, it. I would definitely feel good for him too. Yeah. I just I, I don't know. I like the Bengals a lot. Yeah, I like the Bengals. Joey Burrow. Yeah. Real cool guy. Yeah. Um I'd like to see him win too, but I, I also just like Stafford and think he deserves one. Yeah, for any anyone listening, send us a DM or uh or something and uh let us know your score prediction. I'm interested to hear it. Yeah, yeah, that that'd be interesting. Winner gets uh what does the winner get? A like billion B is for business dollars. <laughs> there we go. All right. <laughs> All, right. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe, leave us a rating and review. Follow us at B is for business on Twitter and Instagram. Drink some Thai's coffee. Have a great week investing and we'll see you next week.